We hope you enjoy this message from Expression Church of Huntington. God doesn't want what's left. He wants first. Right? He, He said, and I said this a moment ago, he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. It doesn't say seek only the kingdom first. It says seek the kingdom first. So there's many things in your life, it's necessary, because he said he'd give you the desires of your heart. It's necessary that you have many streams of income and revenue streams, it's, it's, it's in ministry life, relationships, uh, business opportunities, what education, whatever that is, it's okay for you to lean into and have desires for those things to t- come to pass in your life. Yeah. It's necessary. But he just says, seek him first. The boy that had two fish and five loaves gave it to Jesus first. He didn't say, gosh, let me hold back a little bit. He gave him first. And then they ended up picking up 12 baskets full after the, 12, or the two of fish and five loaves were distributed. It's where we are in a time right now in life. I'm, tell, I'm just, just gonna tell you for a few moments here. I'm not gonna go long at all, but I am gonna tell you that it's, it's necessary that you get your priorities right. And I'm not talking about, this isn't a works mindset. This isn't, oh gosh, I've gotta do this because God said to do this. It's necessary for you to recognize what God is doing in the earth and in the world and in your life. It's necessary. You have to. If you don't get in the flow, you're gonna miss what he's doing. You know, I've always heard, my my dad used to tell me, you you, uh, make things happen, you watch things happen, or you wonder what just happened. And you gotta be one of those people that recognize something's happening. You gotta get in the flow of it. Right? Don't miss this, what God is doing across the, the globe right now. There is a creation groaning. It said heaven and earth, listen to this, all of heaven and earth are groaning and travailing for the manifest sons of God, right? We preach that, pray that, sing that over and over again. But it says heaven and earth. Do you know heaven's groaning too? Yeah. Yeah. We're groaning, heaven's groaning. And those, I'm telling you, those awkward moments of life that you feel, when I say awkward, it's not moments, because sometimes God will microwave something, and sometimes you're gonna crockpot it, right? It's just the way it works. But if you're only bent on microwaving, you're gonna miss this crockpot thing. But if you're only a crockpot, you'll think everything has to simmer, and things are popping. Right? Let me give you an example. Let me give you this a good example. And I am gonna to go to Acts chapter four and this will all make sense in a minute. On, we've been trying to landscape, get, get three or four good days of weather to landscape around here. Because it still felt like a construction zone and people in the construction zone throw trash down. Right? Well, that, that looks like a place for a, bottle, a wa- empty water bottle. So we'll throw it down. So I said, we've got to, it's time to, do some things on the outside. So we had dirt that was donated to us. We had time and equipment that was donated to us, but we couldn't get good days of, of, of weather. So Thursday, uh, William Hicks was gonna come over and he did, <coughs> and, and we had dirt in the back that was donated to us, given, it's been there for a year. And we were gonna try to fill in some of these places and do some mulching and landscaping. 
But he came over Thursday morning, him and Tom, and it was just too messy. It was muddy. It was just awful, bad. So they tried a little bit, and it was just making things worse, and they made the right decisions, and we just have to wait for good weather. So we already had a Friday morning, 9 o'clock landscaping time set up. There were people were going to come, and we were going to just do some malts. So we just relegated that we were just going to do around the perimeter of this next to the building, all the way around, just mulch it. <clears throat> so if we get a little bit of dirt in there, we'll mulch the rest, and then we'll plant later. So about five minutes till nine, so then we had probably a handful of us that were going to be here on Friday morning to, just to kind of work at kind of our leisure. And uh, about five minutes till nine, I get a text message, and a guy texts me, and he says, hey, are you, uh, are you coming to teach today at the at the recovery place. And I said, well, Pat is coming down. Pat and Fuzzy usually go on Friday mornings. So I said, they're planning on coming, I'm sure. And I said, uh, so um, that's where they'll be, but I would be doing this landscape. And he, the guy says, he says, why don't I send over some guys to help? I said, well, that'd be wonderful. So in about 10 minutes, as I pull in here, 30 some guys start crawling out of cars and vans. And I look up and I go, oh my gosh, I'm passing Pat because he's going to go teach at the place that's coming to us, okay? And I look and I go, oh my gosh. So I run into Tom and I said, Tom, what do we have? Tom says, I've got a meeting at 10 o'clock, so I want to come back after the 10 o'clock meeting. And I said, and I'm looking around and I'm seeing 35 guys, able-bodied guys, looking. And I went, I'll be back. So I run down to Kenny Queen. I go to Kenny Queen, I said, I need wheelbarrows, and I need shovels, and I need rakes. And all of a sudden, and I said, they, and I, I said they said, we don't have the wheelbarrows put together yet. I said, well, you're not ready for us. And I kind of joked with the lady there. I said, well, you're not ready for us then. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you ain't ready for those 35 guys either. <laughs> right? All right? So I said, oh gosh. So we brought, and all of a sudden, I watched them. They look like ants down there trying to get all this stuff together for us while these guys were back here, because I'm hurrying to get back, because you get 35 guys, and time goes on, you know what, to have, what happens. So I get all that stuff, and I come back here, and I come, as I come back, we're starting to, we're wheelbarrowing dirt from here, and, we're, and it's dried out a little bit better, but we got all these guys, we gotta make this work. One guy comes up, and he says, man, if I had a skid steer, he said, I am, I, if I had a skid steer, I can make this work. And Steph was standing around on the, on the side, and I said, can we get a skid steer? So she calls Pam. Pam calls Bosley. She says, they'll be here in 20 minutes. And I said, we need a dump truck. So, so Steph, I said, Steph, Mike Day. I know Mike's got a dump truck. So she calls Mike. In 20 minutes, a skid steer and a dump truck come around the corner in 20 minutes. And we're going, it don't matter if that dirt's good enough, wet enough, clay enough, that dirt's getting moved today, right? right. So... Everybody told us we didn't have enough dirt to do all what we were doing. So here's what happened. So 35 guys, after we put the pressure on Kenny Queen, they delivered, wasn't expecting us. And all of a sudden, we come back and we got all these tools and all of a sudden, everything started moving, okay? Except for lunchtime. They're hungry, <laughs> right? Steph says, where are we gonna feed them? I said, call Midway and see what they can do. Steph calls Midway and says, can you have 100 hot dogs, 
french fries and root beer ready. And the person said, I have to call and talk to the boss. I'll call you back in just a minute. Why? Because like Expression Church and Kenny Queen, Midway wasn't ready for a hundred hot dog. Right? Y'all tracking with me? They called back and they said, well, we can't do 100 hot dogs. We can do 25. You think they get half of them? No, that's not what they said. <laughs> you think they're gonna pass up a 100, 100 hot dog order in a matter of 20 minutes? No, they said, we'll have it ready for you. Cut us a good deal. And Steph or Rachel runs down to pick up the hot dogs. Come back. These guys are still working. Some of these guys are going, you think we can get it done? Are you kidding me? There's so much momentum happening right now. We're striking while the iron's hot, right? Now, we, we could have, and we, and we needed, we had, some, we had people that were giving us some great um, ideas, and they were true. They said, what we need to do is probably wait this thing out two or three weeks and let this dry out, and we can really till this ground, and it's, I mean, it would be beautiful if we did that. And you know what? They were exactly right. But we weren't in the crock pot mind because we had 35 guys. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So we have them. It's now dinner time, supper time. Guess what? They're hungry. Many of them went back to the place. 15 of them, was it 15 stayed? They were ready, to, they were committed. We're gonna get this thing the first day done. That guy running it back, or that uh, skid steer back and forth like an Olympic. He, had a, he was a card carrying skid steer driver, a heavy equipment operator. He said, I made $180,000 a year, but I lost my wife, my family, on addiction, he said, and I laid it all down to come and get clean. And he said, man, I've been cooped up in a farm for 60 days, I got a week left. He said, put me on that skid steer. And I'm literally, he was riding wheelies on that thing. So here, he wanted on that. So it's dinner, supper time. Supper time rolls around. They'd already had Midway, and we're not feeding them Little Caesar's pizza. Okay, we're just not gonna do it. So I said, what about steak sandwiches? They said, we're talking. So Steph says, where are you calling? I said, I'm gonna call down here at this West End. So I called the guy and he answers the phone. I said, how long will it take you to make 15 steak sandwiches with all the, 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 the goodies with them? And he said, here's these exact words, dear God. <laughs> I said, I need them in about 15 or 20 minutes. And he said, hang on. He yelled at somebody in the background. He said, can we do it? And the guy said, are you crazy? Yes, we can do it. Don't you dare, don't let them hang up. So he, called, he gets back and phone. yes, sir, we can do that. And I said, we'll be down in about 15, 20 minutes. Now, here's what happened. We went down to get this, this, these steak sandwiches in 15, 20 minutes. These guys still working. We walk in, there was nobody in the place. And I looked up and they were just now, we still had pink steak. It was on the grill. Nobody in there. The guy turned around and looks at us and he says, we have been the slowest day in this business since I've been here. And all of a sudden, he said, you call. And about that time, here come a guy and about 12 kids, a woman buying a half a beef, another person coming in wanting a meal, and they were, and they were starting stacking up. The phone was ringing. The guy that had the 12 kids with him said, do you want me to grab that phone? I'll grab that phone. Don't, don't let that order pass. And they're answering the phone. Now, now here's what I'm talking about. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He gets ready to gra grab the phone. And I'm watching this and the Lord is just downloading to me going, you have to recognize momentum. And when you act on momentum, all of a sudden it spreads out to everybody that you're in touch with. 
everybody you come in contact with. Pat took that F-150, old blue, and made trips back and forth to get the, the, the mulch. Those guys came back yesterday, so half of them came back yesterday, and were working, and I got tickled because as they were coming back through, the men, when they first got here, men's breakfast was going on. They walked in and got a men's breakfast, got the devotion, got Bible study, got up and walked out of here, and we weren't stopping until seed and straw was down on these, these things. And about three o'clock yesterday afternoon, they pull out and we get phase one done. Huh? Yeah. Winston, Winston comes to me. Winston comes to me and says, man, there's gonna be a lot of stuff on the parking lot. It'd be nice if you had somebody with a broom on the front of that thing. He goes to Terry's in there washing dishes after a men's breakfast, because that's what men do. So Terry's, and Winston goes to Terry. Terry says, Ryan Booth over at uh, State Highway Safety. So I text Ryan, I know Ryan. I text Ryan, he goes, I'll be right there. Yesterday afternoon at three o'clock, while everybody else was leaving, they were sweeping the parking lot in the afternoon. Now, why am I telling you all that? You have to recognize what God is doing. It's not about that. It's about what he's doing. You begin to activate. People recognize life. Life begets life. Right? Real quickly. Acts chapter 4, verse 1. Watch this. Now, as they spoke to the people, this is on the heels of raising the, the guy up that was at the gate called Beautiful where he was crippled from, from birth. He gets healed. Peter and James and John raise him up, take him into the temple. Now, look what happens. <clears throat> now, as they spoke to the people, the, the priests, the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached, look at this, in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. No, hang on one second right there. King James says it this way, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus through, Bradley, through the resurrection from the dead. They preached through the resurrection from the dead. Keep going, what's this? Next verse. And they laid hands on them, not to heal them, they put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed it, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000 people got converted right then because Peter, James, and John's trip on the way to the temple at a gate called Beautiful where a man got healed, right? 5,000 people, and it came to pass on the next day that the rulers, the elders and the scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many were of the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, watch this, by what power or by what name, what power, what Michael was saying, singing, I'm telling you, these guys were bringing forth something today. By what power, by what name have you done this? Then Peter filled with an incredible PhD from Jerusalem University. No? Nothing wrong with a PhD from Jerusalem University. I'm all for it. But it will never replace the spirit. It will supplement it and it increases your capacity 
thanks to Madison Finn designing these youth t-shirts. But filled with the Spirit, he said to them, rulers of the people and the elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well? Let it be known to you all. In other words, if you're gonna put us, if you're gonna evaluate us today, if you're taking a snapshot of our life right this moment, let it be known to you and to all and all the people of Israel that by, listen, by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, watch this, this is powerful, whom you crucified, but God raised from the dead. The cross was done by man, even though God authored it as he laid his life down. You crucified him, but only God raised him from the dead. The life you're trying to live right now can only be done through the power and the spirit of God. You cannot put God back here and expect your experience, your intelligence, your friendships, relationships, who you knows, to take the place of God's power. It will not work. You need all those things, but with God first. It's whom you crucified. I thought that was interesting. He said, you crucified Jesus but only God raised him from the dead. By him, by who? The one that was raised from the dead, this man stands before you whole. Next verse. This is, talking about Jesus Christ of Nazareth. See, he didn't look at the guy and say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. No, he was referencing the man. Christ Jesus. That one, that man that you crucified, the real, literal Jesus that you crucified, but God raised him from the dead. You put him down, God brought him up. That man, that's the one. He's the one. Rejected by the builders. He's the stone which was rejected by, rejected by the which has become the, the chief cornerstone, you builders. Nor, listen to this. Nor is there any there, there's salvation in any other name, for there's no other name, no other authority, no other power, no other person, none. Name under heaven given that's among men by which we must be saved. Listen, go back for just a verse. Above, among men by which we, no, 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 no. He's not saying that you should be saved, that you must be saved. This is not an order, it's a declaration. This is not a suggestion, it's a declaration. Nor, listen, let me say it this way. There's no, there is no, there's no not salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we are saved, must be 
is telling them it's impossible any other way. It's not a suggestion for you to say, you must get saved and put more on you. It's putting it on him that this must be happening. A pregnant woman walks in the room. You don't go, you must be pregnant. You look at her and say, you must be pregnant. You hear the difference? It's not you must be pregnant. In other words, you need to go from here and hear what I just told you and go do something to get pregnant. You must be pregnant. You must be. You must be. You must be from Appalachia. Why? Because you talk that way. Right? They're not looking at Appalachian people and say, you better be from Appalachia. It's not saying you better be saved. It's saying you must be. Are you following what I'm saying? It's so subtle, but so truth. There is no other, there's no salvation in any other. For there's no other name other than what I just told you about Jesus Christ of Nazareth that you crucified, but God raised from the dead. Why are you marveling like it's us when this man and what we're doing is under the power of the spirit of God and that man, that's Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that one that you crucified, that you rejected is the chief cornerstone of why we're even able to stand here. We're building something on what he laid. So because we're building something on what he laid, you must be saved. Not that you better get saved, you must be saved. What do you mean you must be saved? Something has changed that you're trying to get to, something has changed that you're coming now from. If Jesus had not died and yet been resurrected, we would say it this way. Hey, there's this, this man here, it's, you must be saved. You got to, you, you, I'm putting that on you. No, he has already forgiven your sins and nailed them to a cross. What are you gonna do about it? How are you gonna reconcile within yourself that he saved you? What do you say when he took your opinion and your option away? He said, forgive them. They don't know what they do when he was dying on the cross. He didn't look at them and say, now guys, I'm gonna do this and I hope one day you'll, you'll, you'll understand. He within himself removed man's sins from off of them. He counseled within himself. He talked within himself. He decided to remove all of punitive damages and collateral damage off of mankind when he died on the cross. And he said, I'm giving you forgiveness. I'm putting your sins upon myself. He didn't call us for counsel. He did it within himself. So because he took it all upon himself, he's not looking at mankind going, what do y'all think? No, he took it upon himself. It's sealed, signed, and delivered. The question is, how can 5,000 people get saved? How can 5,000 people receive salvation in a moment's time when today we're broadcasting more messages across Christianity's television programs and the internet and social media than ever before? And we don't see, see people get saved like that. And I'll tell you why. Because our message is what man must do not what Jesus has done. Amen. 
when we come from what he has done, what man must do, we begin to do from where he came from. Are you hearing me? So all of a sudden, the testimony changed things. The men pointed it to Jesus. It's all on him. Nor is there any other name under heaven given among men by which you must be saved. Next verse. Then I'm gonna close here in a minute. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. I just told you that a minute ago. They marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. Who? The one from Nazareth? The man. They walked with him. They talked with him. They saw him do what he does. Things changed. He healed people. He set people free. He was confident within himself. It's not gonna be your personality and charisma that's gonna win even the religious people. It's gonna be the power that you have inside of you by being with him. Next verse. So they saw the boldness. Not only did they see the boldness and the courage and the strength that's coming from the disciples, the proof, next 50, is in the prudent. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with him. There was enough evidence to indict him for being with Jesus. We're so worried about collateral damage that we don't bring the collateral evidence. And seeing the man who had been, helped, had been healed standing with them, look at this, they could say nothing against it. 15 says, but when they commanded them to go outside, go, out, go aside out of the council so the religious people could confer among themselves, they said, look at this, what are we gonna do with these men? A man got healed can't deny it. He's standing beside him. 5,000 people get salvation. The guy stands up and says he's not doing it in his own name. He's doing it in the name of Jesus Christ, the one we crucified, the one God raised from the dead. What, what, what are we going to do? How, there's so much evidence against us. We can't stop this if we wanted to. For indeed, <coughs> look at this, for indeed, a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem. And we can't deny it. Verse 17. But, but just so, we'll give them those wins. We'll give them the win. But just so, it, we'll, just, we'll, we'll give them what they've done but just so it doesn't spread any further among the people. Let's just severely threaten them that from now on, they better speak in no man in this man's name. They better not tell this thing in Jesus' name anymore. Go ahead. 
So they called them and commanded them not to speak and at all or teach in the name of, now here, it's not a tag, it's permission. Jesus gave them permission to use his name. The key is the permission to use his name. He didn't give them a formula. He didn't give them a menu. He didn't give them a package. He gave them a key, which is permission to use his name. But Peter and John answered and said to them, are you, think about this. Are you all, if I'm Peter and John, I'm saying, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You want us not to go tell the people and what authority that we're speaking this thing? Are you kidding me? Man, I've been locked up in an upper room for 10 days. I was the guy that denied him and he called me anyway. I walked on water. He called me to himself. Man, I've, I've seen some stuff in 40 days when he was just showing himself that he's alive. Are you kidding me? Not say, man, I walked into the gate called beautiful after he ascended. And I, I don't know about you all, but man, we healed that man in his name. That man's life forever changed in the name and the permission that Jesus gave us to use his name in. And 5,000 people got converted and saved and received salvation because we're preaching that name. And you, well, you wanna stop us? Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge. I'm not defending myself, listen to this. And I don't have time to come off the wall to explain myself. Now, whether you or God, you have to put this on yourself because we cannot but speak the things we have seen. We can't undo what we've learned. We can't undo what we've seen. We can't, un how do you unhear this? How do you unsee this? How do you, how do you, how, how can, how do we go? I've, I've healed a man in his name with his permission. I've watched 5,000 people get saved in his permission, with his permission. He's, I've, he's, he showed himself that he's alive with his permission. He showed it. How can I, in good conscience, I can't unhear what I already heard. I can't unsee what I've already seen. I can't undo what I've already cooperated with and done. I can't unheal this man. How can I? I want to ask you. Have you not passed the point of no return yet? You're still on this side of the threshold, but the jury's still out that he's gonna. Man, you should have a, you should have a testimony. There should be evidence all around you. I got good news for you. You got it. Sometimes we forget it, but you got it. They can, they can indict you. They can accuse you. They can swing at you. They can say all they want to say. But Jesus has done too much for you. You've come too far. He's brought you too far out of the way. He's brought you out of the shadow into the light. And you can't get away from it if you try. Peter says, we cannot speak of the, we cannot, we can't undo this. 
Next verse, not quit. So when they had further threatened them, what's this? They let him go. Finding no way of punishing them. Why? Because of the people. Since they all glorified God for what had been done. Stand with me. We're in the next 50. We have about a month left of this. Those of you who don't know what the next 50 is, go back and watch the Easter service online. Proof's in the pudding. There has got to be evidence that you are not able to deny, denounce, or dethrone that God is real in your life. Many of us, many of you are at a place in your life where you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, God, you've come through some hurts and maybe you're still going through some hurts and pains. Maybe it's tough right now, but it's just, it's just not fully working through where you thought it would be. And God, you just feel like you're in a position of transition going, oh God, I'm not where I want to be, but I know where I'm not where I was. And I don't know how to handle this. Listen, that awkward position that you're in. It's outside of your control. You don't know if you're a microwave or a crock pot right now. You're just willing to take whatever comes in your way. It's okay to be there. It's a healthy place. It's a good place. But what not, what's not okay is for you to give birth and to create that thing, that, that, that holy thing God called it inside of you. While you're in between is the formation period, a preparation time for you to come forward in a way that your heart has longed for, for years and years and years. You've got too much that he's done for you. You don't need to go out and prove yourself to him. He proved himself to them. All you gotta do is honor, acknowledge, be thankful and sincere of what he's done for you. You can't unhear. You can't unsee. And you can't undo what God has done in your life. He won't take it away. There's no other name under heaven where you... <laughs> All I can say is I've seen your life. You must be saved. I've seen you pray for people. Man, you must be saved. Not that you must be saved, future tense. You must be saved, past tense. And since you must have been saved, same power that raised Jesus from the dead locked up inside of you. Don't look at your menu this week. Create a new recipe. The one your heart's craving for. Don't take the easiest way out. Jump right in.
Would you bow your heads and close your eyes when I close? Who wants to get saved today? Anybody in here? You're not saved. You're not, you've never repented of your sins and accepted, accepted what he's already done for you, the forgiveness of your sins. Who's in anybody? If you are, just raise your hand. Let me see. Anybody? Anybody? Anybody just need to get saved? So that means everybody's in here saved. You all must be saved. So now that y'all must be saved, now y'all can look at me. I'm gonna challenge you. Let's stack up some evidence this week. On your way to where you're going to and from, I'm not talking about you going out of your way and have to set up an evangelism tool. I'm talking about when you just go to and for your life. Recognize. Be aware. There's people across your path. That God wants to be a witness and a testimony. That he's alive and raised from the dead. I want to challenge you this week. And then I want you to bring them back next week. Because next Sunday morning, we're going to pray for people. We're going to see people filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to worship. And we're going to release a word in Acts chapter 5 and Acts chapter 6. If you have not seen power with what you're about ready to walk into in your life, and it all happens, what Bradley said, <coughs> through the resurrection. Are you ready? I'm serious. Are you ready? Yes. We, we, we've got to engage. I'm making a phone call to you today, and I'm asking you, can you get 15 steak sandwiches ready? because I'm about ready to wreck your life is what God's saying to us. I'm placing an order on your life that you currently are not able to fulfill. Don't turn it away. Embrace. Get yourself awkward and uncomfortable. Pull resources that you didn't even know you had and see it all the way through so God gets the glory. Father, in Jesus' name, we receive that word. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you all. Yeah. <laughs>